This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. You're listening to another ambitious entrepreneurnetwork.com podcast, the voice for entrepreneurs and small business. Now onto the show. This is Women in Leadership Podcast, featuring success insights from women around the globe. Now, over to your host, Anne-Marie Cross. And welcome to another episode of Women in Leadership Podcast. This is episode 104, brought to you by Podcasting with Purpose, helping you to stand out, be heard, and become an influential voice in your industry with a podcast. I'm your host, Anne-Marie Cross, the podcasting queen. Now, my guest today says, push yourself. This stuff was never meant to be easy. Change rarely is, and challenge was never meant to be. Now, joining me on today's show is Cara Lambert. Cara is determined to educate businesses how to connect to their audience and staff with purpose and effect. And she educates her audience on how aligning what motivates business owners, what motivates businesses and audience. And so it makes sense online, offline and financially. She's an engaging speaker and she has in-depth understanding of psychology and is married and that's married to her practical experience in management and business. And her interest began in the workforces and is reinforced by industry research in psychology. So can't wait to hear her share her expertise. Now on today's show specifically, she's going to share that people can be as much of an example of what you want to do, one out of life, as what you don't. She's also going to talk about when you align people's motivators with those of the business, they're happier, they report higher satisfaction, they do and they buy more, and they're brand advocates, as well as people drive social media algorithms, not computers. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Anne-Marie. What is it that interests you about the psychology aspect and business aspect? What is it for you? Um, wow, I've been in interested in psychology since I was 16 so coming up on I hate to say it nearly 30 years <laughs> but what how I really started in this was I had I was working for the Australian government and I had a chronically unforming team uh, that I took over as manager so I had to work out how to motivate them what I didn't realise when I took over the team, which had this two-year backlog of work, was that 80% of them were within five years of retirement. So they were clock-watching. So I worked out how to motivate them. It worked really well. We had better results. Uh, we had happier clients. They were coming to us for more information. So we were providing quality assurance. Uh, which is not generally, you know, the most fun job or, you know, the place where people come to for advice. They're generally avoided like the plague. Mm. Um, so 
trying to motivate a team and then moving it to a point where it was sought as a knowledge base. Yes. And then having happier clients, internal clients, was really what kick-started this whole thing. Then I went on and did some further study in management and I realised that what I had done instinctively is actually backed up in science. Huh. And I thought, well, this doesn't just apply to government. This applies to small business, um, entrepreneurs running a sole trading enterprise. It applies to people, mm. just one-on-one -on -one to each other. Because at the end of the day, I'm a person running a business. It's not the business is an entity, but there are people that drive this. So yes. understanding what drives people and what motivates them is is where you need to start mm. to, to create these things and have success. Yeah. I love the way that you've explained that because so often as leaders, and I'm sure uh, we've had leaders who have not really taken the time to understand what motivates people so that they can adapt their behaviour and their approach and become far more influential. And we've had those leaders, and I'm sure we've all thought of one, that was very autocratic, very demanding, and it, and instantly we put up a wall, don't we? We don't want to do that with our team or with any other human beings that we happen to interact with. What was the biggest mindset shift from a leader that you needed to take them that you recognize now before you even started to implement some of the changes around those those motivational factors that we're going to talk about in a moment what was that biggest mindset shift do you think so there were two big mindset shifts that i had in my government career so the first one was a manager who was working herself to the bone she was a woman in leadership and she has gone on to great things in the australian federal government but what I saw was that she worked herself to the bone, to her own detriment. And this is where I came to, people can be an example of what you want to do or what you don't want to do. So it's a very stark example for me of, I don't want to burn myself out yes. trying to achieve these things. The next thing was a manager said to me, Cara, I don't have the monopoly on good ideas. And so, that was one of the things that sparked this going to my staff and looking at what drove them is an extension of as a leader i don't have the the monopoly on good ideas mm. that in itself i think can be one of the biggest ahas for leaders because how often do we assume we need to have all of the answers Whereas if we look at our team as all being individuals and all having unique strengths and saying, hey, and creating an environment that encourages the team to step forward and, and harness their strengths and say, you know, you've got a strength in really good ideas or let's come together, let's do some brainstorming. Do you find that many people continue to struggle when they're thinking about leadership, that we assume that we just need to know everything and therefore uh, we either try and bluff our way through or we don't open the opportunity for our team or individuals around us to contribute and start that creative process? Do you find that that's a, an issue across many places and, and businesses and, and corporate? I find that it's... <clears throat> It, it can be an issue so I find that it's either that we need to have the answers 
we need to know everything um, or we need to, we're afraid of saying, you know what, I honestly don't know. Yes. That's not a failing. That's actually a strength. Mm-hmm. Saying that you actually don't know yeah. is not a weakness. Yeah. I remember years ago, and I think I've shared this on a, a podcast episode before, is I had a, a leader who would often encourage the team, so us around, if there's an issue that you're struggling with or there's a challenge or a bottleneck in the workplace, come and let me know, but think about some ways in which you think we can approach it. So not only are we coming forward with a challenge, but here are some ideas. Now, whether or not they were rolled out, but it gave a, a starting point. And, you know, in, in some instances, as you say, as a leader, if we're not sure, ask, you know, share. And I think that transparency is one that we, if I think of it anyway, of a leader doing it and saying, I'm not really sure, what do you reckon? Let's do some brainstorming. I gain a deeper respect because I can see that they're not trying to bluff me because we can all see anyway, can't we, when people are trying to be something that they're not. Absolutely. And that was one of the things that um, the, the leader that I had who said, you know, I don't have the monopoly on good ideas, he would also say to me, you know what, don't just come to me with a problem. Come to me with it with three solutions. Yeah. Come to me with three different ways that you think that we can actually tackle this. And what it made meant was that you actually had to think more creatively about the issue that you were trying to tackle. Mm. And it was that they valued your input. Yeah. And he was walking the, you know what, I don't have the monopoly on good ideas. Yeah, love that. And that it's obviously made such an impact that we're talking yeah. about it today. And I think that's what good leadership is all about, isn't it? It is bringing out the best in others, being vulnerable, being transparent and uh, creating an environment where people feel comfortable to share and that their ideas are not going to be locked down or knocked down. We've all had those leaders where we start to share something and they go, oh, that's not going to work. Before long, we just don't contribute. And I'm sure that's probably something that you recognised when you started to become more aware that individuals had different motivators. Talk about motivators for people that might not have heard that term before. How would you define motivators? So I've come to a set of five motivators. So it puts them into different categories, which I find people find easier to understand rather than going, oh, my gosh, okay, so what's what's driving you? So, and they stack f- from the lowest to the highest. So if the people listening to this understand Maslow's hierarchy of needs, it's like you've got the very base things that drive us yes. to the more um, esoteric and ego-driven things. Mm-hmm. So the first one is fears. We are motivated by our fears. Yeah. The next one is we are motivated by our needs. The next one is our beliefs. The next highest one is our values. And the final one is our goals, dreams, ambitions or aspirations. Mm. And they stack. So if you can't address someone's motivators that are driven by fears, you can't then go to one of the higher level ones. You have to address those first. So I will find with my clients, a lot of them have a fear of not having enough money. Mm. 
And I have to address those first before I can help them grow their business. Yes. And in, if you have staff, if they're worried about their job security, or if they're not making ends meet, if they're not making their mortgage payments, you have to address those first. Mm. Because the thing is, is that whilst we'd like to say, keep your work life and your home life separate as entrepreneurs, we are one of the same as leaders we have to be considerate of those kinds of things that Mm. um i know as a mother when i was working in government if there was something happening with my kids half of my mind was on my kids and half of my mind was on my job Mm. and you just have to be mindful of these things so if we address these motivators um you'll be fine now beliefs and values i mentioned those two yes and people listening to this may be going okay so what's the difference between a difference between a value so the very crude way of describing a belief is that it's a thought that we hold as a truth so it's something that we think or it may have been something that we've told been told but we hold it as truth Mm -hmm. a value on the other hand is universal So it doesn't matter who I'm speaking to, whether they're from a different country, a different culture, a different religion, different gender, different upbringing. When we say the word, for example, I value truth, we all understand what truth is. We all understand what honesty is. It's not um, my definition. It's just a universal understanding of these things. Brilliant. I love that because if you look at those, the the way that you've stacked those motivators, if as a leader you're trying to motivate your team by the goals and what they would have achieved, they're not going to put their heart and soul into it if their fear, underlying fear is, if I start to do that, what if I fail? Because I've done that before and I failed before, as you say in your instance with clients not having enough money. So if you then think of uh, women who are listening today that maybe in business or, or in corporate and they've got a number of different team members, we need to realize then that every single one of our team is different. So how did you go about identifying what every one of your team members' individual motivators were? What was that process? I sat down, picked up the phone, and I spoke with them. Yeah, It was as simple as that. So there are lots of different tests that you can run on these kinds of things, different personality tests. But honestly, the best thing is to sit down and talk to them. Yeah. And open up a conversation. The next thing that I did was show those people where they sat. So the next step after you've taken and, and listened to them, show them where their motivators align with those of your business. Mm. And this works for staff. It works for your community. It works for your clients. So if we can see how our motivators match yours, it's like developing a friendship. So if you go into a conversation with someone that you don't know and you find these areas of commonality, 
it's exactly the same as that. So you find the common motivators mm. and you go, you know what, I actually really understand where you're coming from with X, Y, Z, because we do the same or yeah. we address the same. Mm. It, it starts to build those relationships. It builds trust. It yeah. builds knowing each other and it builds the likability. So if people are listening, women are listening to this in business and they've heard the no like and trust factor by doing this, you are building the no like and trust factor. Yeah. And it's the same when you're motivating the staff. Yeah. It's knowing, liking and trusting. Oh, that's <laughs> right. And and I think one of the things that often is very apparent, and, and I recognize this, you know, decades ago when I was in the career industry, how many of us are not really aware of some of those motivators in ourselves, our values, our, the beliefs that are driving certain behaviors, and the fact that you helped people to understand, your people in your team to help understand and gain better self-awareness. It's like, oh, is that what I, why that happens? So self-awareness is really important too, but also being aware of other people in our team because I often will hear people talk and they'll go, well, why isn't she or he like this and that? And that's because they're completely different, like introvert and extroverts. I love it because I'm an introvert and I love, whilst I like listening, I like to separate myself and, and time on my own rejuvenates me. Where if you've got a group of extroverts, they look at that and go, oh, well, she's a bit of a, you know, doesn't want to hang out with us. So we're not good enough for her, which is not that at all, because I would just be so drained. So did you also encourage um communication between the team so there was awareness of you know expectations motivators likes dislikes so that the team could also unite better as well and support one another the i definitely changed the expectations around the team yeah. the other thing that i did which helped was that i looked at their job role because they were all doing the same job they just had different slices of the pie uh, so to yeah. speak so what I did was I looked at what motivated them, what their goals were for the last five years of their career. And I actually gave them extra tasks. They didn't get any extra time to do their work. They didn't get any extra money, but I gave them work that was meaningful for them. Mm. And that was one of the big differences. We did not sit around and perspective take because some of these people, they, they are so set in their ways that yeah. they did not have the ability and did not want to perspective. Yeah. They just want to get in there, out. do their thing, and then go home at the end of the day. Yeah. Correct. Yeah. Correct. Fabulous. But what I, what I needed to do was I needed this backlog done. I needed the work done and I needed them to be happier so that when our internal clients were coming to us, they weren't afraid, <laughs> to be honest. Yeah. What I like about that and what you've done there is recognising where people are motivated and what motivates them and giving them work where um, they are empowered rather than disempowered. Because I'm sure, and I'd love you to give some feedback on that, even though they were given additional work within the same time frame, they were more happy to do that. And I'm sure productivity levels probably continue to increase because they were doing something that was aligned with their strengths and motivators. Was that true? How was that impacting their work abilities? Yeah. So what happened, just if you look at the outcomes of um, the changes, so we went from the two-year backlog of work to within three months that was gone and they were actually asking for more work. Wow. So, and that was just 
it, the two main things were showing them how what motivated them so you know not necessarily their fears but their needs beliefs values and goals and ambitions mm. how they aligned with those of the agency and then it was giving them meaningful work they mm. loved their work they were subject matter experts when it came to the the roles that they had in quality assurance but they were so proud and a lot of them either wanted to be able to leave that corporate knowledge behind and pass that corporate knowledge on or they were invigorated by learning new things mm. and so they were given new tasks to look at the new um, methods that were coming into the agency so it was understanding those things and they were different for for the different people mm. um, so that's how I achieved yeah, it. Brilliant, brilliant. Because I can imagine, you know, as entrepreneurs and business owners, if we can find out um, people's motivations, you know, motivators, uh, and, and I know an area that many business owners struggle with themselves is figures. Now, you know, and finance is so important. You need to track your numbers because how can you make better decisions and how can you continue to keep doing what's working really well if you're not tracking and monitoring? So if you've got someone in your team who just thrives on analyzing figures and, you know, crunching numbers and going, did you realize that we spend less time on this product or program and yet we generate more profits? We should start to sell that more. Well, you know, if, if you allow them to feel motivated and to feel good about that and to feel fulfilled in that role, then everyone contributes in, in their own way. And I think as business owners and leaders, if we can find and do exactly what you did, it's certainly going to um, contribute from a, that united collaborative uh, approach, everyone doing what they do really best. Let's talk about something else, which I often hear people complaining, Facebook, Instagram, whatever platform it is, their algorithms are stopping me from getting my content shown. And what you say is people drive social media algorithms, not those nasty computers. Share more about this. So if we take the Facebook algorithm, for example, because no one, no one really understands the Facebook algorithm or the Instagram algorithm other than Facebook, because mm. let's face it, it owns both platforms. But if we take the Facebook algorithm, which more people understand, it's a function of how many people have seen the post, how close they are to the post, which means how often they interact with the post mm. and how close the person off of that is to they, this person. So it's like, the Kevin Bacon six degrees of separation kind of thing. Mm -hmm. I liken it to that. But it's the person that drives the interaction and the engagement. So, for example, Facebook is only going, well, okay, this post had n number of um, reactions to it and comments and shares. It's not facebook doing that mm. it's people doing that unless of course you bought into some kind of farm like farm mm. um, which does exist but i've got to be honest those people will never buy from you mm. <laughs> so forget those but it's the person so what do businesses need to do then to drive that algorithm 
And the reason why I know this works is because I've been running Facebook pages since before the algorithm was introduced. Mm -hmm. I've seen every single algorithm change when it comes to Facebook pages and Facebook posts. The other thing is, is there's a whole heap of science that sits behind this, that psychologists have gone through and they've gone, okay, so what makes engaging Mm -hmm. content online? Because that's what business owners want. They And this is what Facebook wants. They want engaging posts. And it's about how close a person is to that brand. Mm -hmm. It's also how we appeal to their self-image. So what's someone's self-image? Well, other than this, which is still driven by those five motivators. Mm -hmm. How we project our self-image is a function of our motivators, our fears, our needs, our beliefs, our values, and our goals and ambitions for ourselves. Hmm. That's what drives our self-image. Yeah. I was just going to say, with that then, what are some of the things that you see, maybe common mistakes or things that, um, business owners are doing that you think we really need to shift that we or we need to stop doing that other that is not contributing to that self-image and 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 tapping into the motivators of individuals generally what they're doing is they're making it about themselves and their business okay and not about people correct so it what you need to do is to show your audience I understand where you're coming from. I understand your fear around the product or service. I understand your needs around the product or service. Um, I understand these these are your beliefs Mm -hmm. and you're trying to find something that fits these. So when you match the motivators with the benefits of your product rather than just selling, because when Facebook pages first came out, there was such a novelty that we could just sell and things mm. just sold on mm. Facebook. But that was what, seven years ago. Many, <laughs> many, many moves. <laughs> People are savvy to that now. Yeah. And so you need to look at what drives them. Why are they on Facebook? What do they need? What do they want? What are their fears? What are you trying to address? Yeah. What gap are you trying to give them rather than, you know what, just buy Bye, bye, bye. Yeah. Now, can you just for me, Cara, because what I'm going to do in the show notes is add those motivators. So it started off with fears. What was the next one? So there's fears, there's needs, there's beliefs, there's values, Mm -hmm. and then there's goals, dreams, ambitions and aspirations. Yeah. Emery, what I've got is I've actually got a download that covers oh, all of this for people. Wonderful. And it's free and it's available on my website. So I will. What better opportunity? Let me give you the opportunity to share. How can people get access to that? So there's a resources tab on my website. Yes. And it contains all of the resources that are freely, and I do mean free freely available to you so there's things about engaging Mm -hmm. and that's what we're talking about here we're talking about engaging your audience and that doesn't that can be your staff your facebook community your Mm. customers online offline because like we said earlier 
it's all about people and I'm the same person online as I am offline. Yeah. Um, and it has a lot of other resources around those kinds of things yes. for them. One of the things that I, I was thinking about, you know, as we are creating content, and there's a lot of different pieces of content, but more importantly, if you're looking at maybe a sales page or so, and so often as business owners, we're passionate about our products and services. We know the outcome that our products and services are going to enable our clients to achieve, yet in the copy, in the content we create, if we have not tapped into the fears and helped our clients negate those fears or know that we've got them, we understand them and we've, we've got them in that area, their needs, the beliefs and values, there's no point talking about outcome, 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 outcome if we haven't addressed those as well. So this is very important, all of those motivators, that we've addressed that and in the information we continue to share, and content especially if we're looking at really building that know like and trust which is that is that a fair point absolutely so this can work on sales pages it works on the home page it works in email marketing it works in telephone yeah. conversations it works face to face over the counter yes because it's the person. You're mm -hmm. understanding the person and what drives the person. Yeah, love that. And then the beautiful example that you gave us when you started to recognize that in your team, you went from having a backlog. So you took over a team that had a backlog of over two years worth of information that needed to be caught up. You recognized the motivators, the drivers of your team. You put the right actions into place and they caught up within two months and to a point where they were going we want more we want more work which um yeah is certainly testament and i'm sure uh, many of your clients who have adopted this are experiencing great wins as well so once again share with us what's the best web address for us to uh, to go to so the best web address is caralambert.com k-a-r-a lambert Fantastic. Thanks once again for coming on the show. I have loved speaking with you. And uh, yeah, this is going to be so, so helpful for many women in leadership, whether you're leading your own business or you're in corporate and leading a team of staff. So thanks once again for coming on the show. Thanks for the opportunity, Anne-Marie. I really appreciate it. You've been listening to Women in Leadership Podcast, brought to you by podcastingwithpurpose.com. Stand out, be heard, influence. Want to influence real change with your own podcast? Access our free podcast training, including our no-cost and low-cost tools and podcast production workflow checklist to get you started at www.podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini training. That's podcastingwithpurpose.com forward slash mini trading. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.